You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Good day, San Jose. Welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast. We are on... <laughs> there's producer pigeon right there. <laughs> we are on episode 80. Uh, we are the home of the San Jose Sharks. I am here with my co-host and our resident pigeon, uh, producer pigeon, who's here on the screen. For all of you joining on the live stream, he's he's a real talent. What a character. What yeah. a character. This, yeah. this guy's really added something to the stick hungry podcast <laughs> well i'm producer t i was always i'm joined by dylan dylan how are you doing man? i'm doing good man it's uh it's been quite a day today actually stepping outside nice and sunny yeah. and now looking out the window there's a downpour it's a monsoon well, it's and, to uh, actually, and now it's gone now. again it's, it's uh something else bc weather i tell you and we're joined by nick but nick's down in california nick how are you doing man Doing great. Sun's shining. It's dry. It's a nice. This man degrees. knows. This man knows nothing of weather. <laughs> Not bad if, weather. If all you know it's... is sunshine. You ain't know nothing. <laughs> no. Oh, so we are without Kyle. I don't know if that this is related to his uh, injury uh, last week because he wasn't here last week, and then a couple oh, of days man. later, we we got informed that there was a horrific injury. Uh, <laughs> occurred to his hands. That, disgusting. And, I, and I'm just actually sitting here thinking, like, should I bring up this picture for the live stream? Should yeah, I show everybody? Not sure. If, all right. If, all right. If, I got a message. Friendly, so you could, like, get some kids crying or something. Uh, let me let me do some digging. You boys uh, carry on. <laughs> I got a message um, from Bob Ugner. It was an upper body injury, by the way. <laughs> upper body injury. Uh, while Dylan's looking for that, we'll just move on to a little bit of, I guess, we don't have much news at all, really, this week. But thankfully, we've got an awesome interview coming later which we'll get into but uh we've got a bit of san jose shark news just regarding the uh reverse retro teaser videos nick um what do you think about them i am gonna spend a lot of money this year on jerseys again so i i don't know again we don't know what the full uh jersey essentially looks like but based on the teaser images and everything they put out on twitter and all the social media I, I love it already. I can't wait to see what the, the full jersey looks like. And I'm just trying to figure out who I'm going to buy, if it's going to be Hurdle or Kane or whoever. What do you guys think? No uh, no Martin Jones in there? I'm add him to the mix? Come on now. I already have a signed puck by Martin Jones. I've oh, done my okay. job. <laughs> no, I, I think they're going to look pretty sick, honestly. I, yeah. I, I'm pumped. Um, I think, I mean, looking around the league, I think most of them are going to be pretty nice. Uh, so yeah, Kyle, I don't know. I'm excited Kyle for this. from our group chat. Wasn't too impressed by the sound. Yeah, but he, anything new, this guy just shoots it down. You know, <laughs> he's got the it's old man boomer retro. syndrome. Like old new. And uh, new speaking old, of Kyle, I do actually have, uh, I do have the picture here. Oh, here uh, we go, folks. Oh dear. This is reasons to tune into our. Oh jeez, oh. to our online Ooh. stream right here. So allegedly, oh. he was cleaning a knife, How but he just you? decided to just grip it and rip it. I don't know. <laughs> How did oh. I thought he was cutting a brisket or something. <laughs> yeah, he, he mistook his hands for the brisket. You know, holding on to the bagel. For the that. for the two oh. uh, or for the the podcast listeners, he has two lacerations on his middle and oh. ring finger on his left hand, Wait, and a oh. diagonal formation along the first knuckle, closer to the fingertips. So it's deep. He's got stitches. <sighs> And uh, maybe maybe we can get the guys to tweet that out. Tweet that out on the on the uh, the Twitter page. Man, like that that is nasty. That is that is just nasty. We got some comments coming in. Uh, Shane Van Ice, don't drink and clean knives. This is great <laughs> advice, actually. Uh, that is great advice. I think everybody should. Uh, you should know listen what? To Shane on that one. Should we? While while Shane is obviously tuned into our live stream, uh, we did forget <laughs> to. Uh, Draw probably one of the most exciting things. Hottest yeah. album of 2020. Yeah, absolutely. The Stick Hungry Podcast and Shane Van Nice. Dylan, you want to kind of intro this a little bit? Yeah, well, uh, Shane Van Nice, huge fan of the show. This guy's an absolute beauty. He would call into the open phone line and just leave us raps on her voicemail. And eventually we thought, you know what? Let's let's throw some beats in this. And then eventually there were so many that we had to make an album. And we dropped it, uh, I think it was last week we dropped it, uh, straight out of trail. And this this is something else. It's getting great reviews online, I tell you. It is. I, okay, I hold, hold on. We got... Brewster Pigeon wants to say something. Oh, he's he's calling it a 10 out of 10. Wow. Wow. 
That's a, a Whoa. strong sentiment. Oh, and he's dead. This guy's out here looking like Big Quint, baby. There's a, there's a lot of uh, producer T themed. Yeah, it, it was very producer T heavy. I mean, it, I think it's kind of discerning. Yeah, I, I think it shows the impact that you've had on Shane Van Dyke's life. I really do. <laughs> Yeah, he's just trying to express that. All the stick measuring and stuff. I don't know. The dick measuring contest. I And I know Shane's gonna come in and comment about it too. But uh, I mean, yeah, it was it was an interesting album. It really was. It was a good listen. Fantastic producing job. That that was done by myself. Actually, I uh, slapped it together. So, uh, I had to go hard for my boy Shane. I tell you. And uh, Isha Jerome's actually listened to this album like 40 times, and I know this. Because I work with the guy. When I show up, he's already listening to the Shane wrap-up. Every morning, baby. Every morning. He's watched it 40 times. There's 42 views. So let's put that into context. How many uh, speakers did you guys have to change out listening to that? Because it's just straight fire coming out oh. of those speakers. A hundred percent. It was it was unbelievable, man. Uh, we got some noise complaints, actually, from uh, bumping the Shane album. I'm almost thinking maybe Kyle, like, was cleaning his knives and he turned on the Shane rap on. It's like, oh! And he accidentally cut it just because it was so crazy, you know? So uh, I feel like Kyle just One, loves five, it. Oh, absolutely loves it. <laughs> why, why wouldn't you love it? It's true. You know what, boys? We've gotten on off to such a hot start here. We haven't even uh, thrown out the, the Twitter handles yet. So we should probably yeah, do right. that quickly before we move on. You can follow myself at producer underscore T-E-E. You can follow the show at Stick Hungry Pod, the network at Hockey Pod Net. Dylan? You nailed all three. Boom. You can follow myself at D-Y-L underscore T-H-P-N. And Nick? You can find me at Nick Floor underscore. Uh, I totally thought I was going to screw that up. I barely get one right. Let alone Man, I, I've right been impressed lately. Three, you've, three. you've been nailing it. You've been nailing it. <laughs> I've been tr- practicing my rap album like uh Comeback oh, so, oh yeah, so that's like that's battle. the thing. I was actually gonna bring that up. Are you gonna like? Do you have some response tracks? Well, that's like, what I'm this, to work this on, is a full on rap feud. Folks. You know what? He came out with such a strong. Who's Biggie? Album. Who's Tupac? I don't know. I, I we'll gotta see. I gotta put some time and effort into this. You know, I'm, I'm trying to I'm trying to grind out the beat. <laughs> Shane already the beat. took out Lyndon Wood. You're next. Yeah. So no, Lyndon Wood was a follower <laughs> yeah. of the the Sticking Ring podcast and radio show we did, and uh Shane came in and dropped some raps, and and it just destroyed the guy. I haven't heard from Lyndon in a while, actually. No, uh, he told me. He's like, man, it it, it hurt me deep. Still recovering to this day. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I'm surprised Shane isn't getting in on the comments after all this talk about his album. I know. He's He's probably sitting back and just loving this. Yeah, he's just taking the moment. Free publicity, baby. That's what it's all about. Uh, We actually, uh, we we have a bit more, while possible, (laughs) uh, (laughs) Sharks news after that just incredible drop of an album. Um, So... uh, the Sharks, I heard there were some rumors that they might have be uh, leaving San Jose. Um, I'm, I'm the rumors sure. are flying around. Yeah, like it's been crazy, actually. It's not just one or two. There's been quite a few different sources. So, um, I don't know. How do you guys feel about this? Yeah, I mean, basically, actually, Shane Van Ice comes <laughs> comments says, yeah, I'm just laughing. <laughs> so, basically, what it comes down to, from what I can gather, is the city of San Jose, and I guess Google are doing a big redevelopment of the of the area surrounding the sap center it's going to make it essentially impossible for fans to reach the arena once uh once we're playing hockey again and that's you know that that's essentially what it comes down to i think it's gonna be a long project like this is a eight to ten year project around the sap center um you, you know do i think that they're gonna move no i mean i think they're just putting up a fight right now i'm sure they could figure something out i mean with with the project that's eight to ten years, you got to figure it out. You you can make compromises somewhere. Yeah, where if 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 they can't fit an arena into their plans, I'm pretty sure Google, like where would San Jose? I don't I don't know if there's necessarily another viable option in San Jose. Well, do you do you think they're gonna move then? Well, if do you think Google they would come ahead, to if that? Google move ahead with their developments and their plans. I I do see them potentially or, moving. Or do you think that they're just threatening to move so that they can kind of get what they want a little more? Maybe, yeah, they're trying to use some leverage over them, yeah. I don't know, Nick, what do you think? They're taking more of an empathy-style role with the locals. So having been to the SAP Center, it already has parking problems as it is. There's a lot of vacant lots that kind of surround the stadium. But since it is downtown, uh, there's there's businesses that are right next to the SAP Center, just to the south of it. And just as a, a quick little story, my, my co-worker, who's now my boss at my current day job, his uh, his mother-in-law actually owned a detail shop not even a block south of the SAP Center, and Google actually put a bid on that, like on her entire like the property, the estate, everything, and it was just like something she couldn't refuse. So mm-hmm. if they're creeping in 
that close. I think they're going to run into the parking issues. The the expansions from what I've seen are around like 80,000 more employees, but only 3,000, I think it was 3,280 parking spaces, which I don't even know how that would even work. Yeah, the, the math just doesn't work there. Yeah, it's uh, they have to find some sort of high rise building or, or something where they could implement like better parking for both sides. And with Google being such a like a powerhouse in Silicon Valley, I the threat is real enough. I feel like they're they're pulling on the heartstrings. I don't feel like Betcher and Hasselplatner want to move the team, but I feel like if they're forced into that situation, it's something that they could easily end up doing. And that's probably the biggest concern is there's plenty of uh, like real estate in the surrounding areas. We saw uh, the San Francisco 49ers relocated to Santa Clara. So that's and there's plenty of room out there. And it's uh, mainly was because of the ease of access to that area. So I wouldn't like count that out at all. And I mean, the SAP center, it is one of the oldest buildings in the NHL, I believe as well. I mean, it, it's yeah. a great arena, but it is getting up there in age. Yeah. So my yeah, only I concern mean, is they just did all this redoing of, uh, or all the renovating on the ice. Exactly. Like they, they, they put they a lot of work into that. That was a yeah, lot of money. Millions, millions yeah. of dollars get thrown into that. I don't see them actually relocating. I think they're just posturing a bit with the, the side of the fans as well to try to, uh, kind of back off Google's expansion. So, so they can, tag a couple of areas essentially for themselves having been the stadium myself or to the, the arena myself i already know the problems you know it takes 45 minutes to get out of there after a game and that's just to get out into the car and onto the main road so it, it can be a bit of a struggle i mean producer t what would it take for us to get to uh the sap center about 12 hours of driving maybe i think so yeah, maybe a bit longer I, you know we we need to do it though once yeah. uh, once it's uh opening i think uh producer pigeon is actually going to look it up for me Definitely. <laughs> what a producer this guy this is. Just it's A-class. On, on like, the fly. He's really earning his paycheck. Three bags of Wonder Bread a week. <laughs> this guy's a beauty. That's guy's money a right there. That's money for a pigeon. <laughs> <laughs> we actually put a poll out, right? Just a couple hours ago. Yeah, or, maybe we took a good time fan. to talk about that, actually. Yeah, let, let's actually bring up the, the poll. I'll, I'll share it on the screen here in a second. Yeah, so essentially we put out there, hypothetically speaking, if the Sharks had to move, there was no other option. They're being forced out by the city of San Jose and Google. If they had to move out of the SAP Center and relocate, what would you as the fans do? We kind of gave three options out there. One, be follow the team. The second, change teams. And the third option, just completely stop watching hockey in general. Like you're done. You're, you're, you're completely sick of it. Uh, surprising, well, not surprisingly enough, we got 84.4% follow the team, uh, 10.9, close to 11% uh, says change teams, and then uh, 4.7, uh, stop watching hockey. Now, I, I think technically this answer is relative, right? So if the Sharks moved to Quebec City, would this percentage be as high as if they just moved a couple hours north to like Sacramento <laughs> or something? Not. Definitely no. not. I don't think a lot of Sharks fans would follow the team if they move cross country or even cross borders into Canada. Yeah, no, so, I, com I completely yeah, agree I with agree. that. Because when I was like looking at the answers, I was kind of surprised because, because basically like when the when the Vancouver Grizzlies, the NBA team moved from, from Vancouver, there's no chance that you're going to be following Memphis, you know? No, exactly. Like the, I, I just, just no desire for it. So I, I just – I. I was kind of surprised by that, but yeah, maybe they maybe they're thinking if they just move north a little bit, like you said. But where would they? I'm not sure where they could move within state. There, to be honest, there's I'm, plenty I'm, of there. Yeah, like you said, there's plenty this, of spots. This guy's the California expert. That's why we yeah. got Nick Flora. Yeah. So, so my biggest gripe, and it's always been a big issue for me, being a hockey fan. There's we got a brand new stadium up here in Sacramento, the capital of California. Got a brand new stadium for the Sacramento Kings. And it is not hockey friendly at all whatsoever. And it didn't make any sense to me. There, there's such an untapped market up here in Sacramento that if the Sharks were to ever move up here, by the way, we have a vacant, uh, sorry, a vacant stadium, Arco Arena or Sleep Train Arena. It's just sitting out here in the Natomas area, just waiting to be used. So come on up, San Jose. We got a fucking spot for you. But um, <laughs> Shane Van Dice, the Sharks are welcome in trail. Always. For the smoke eaters dwell. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, producer Pigeon chiming in saying 15 hours uh, from Vancouver to the SAP Center. Not bad. 17 hours with the ferry from Vancouver Island, uh, which is where we are. And yeah. beautiful, beautiful Ladysmith. <laughs> Seems like a shot there on the mainland. 
<laughs> it is. A little Taking bit. a shot oh, at, like, at Jordy? Not, not gonna lie, a couple shots at Jordy. Yeah, <laughs> basically all those mainlanders. We're just we're just firing out shots. I tell you. Yeah. Uh, we got something interesting and fun uh, for people on the podcast version of the show coming up. Nick, why don't you uh, take this one away? Yeah, before we uh, before we hit the break, just want to let you guys know after we have an exclusive interview. Uh, I myself got the privilege of interviewing uh, Shang Peng of San Jose Hockey Now. So, and uh, this guy's an A class interviewer. I mean, you you nailed it, buddy. Yeah, Shang Peng is an A class interviewer. You are one hundred percent correct. So, <laughs> well, the both of you. <laughs> yeah, we got to we got to do a little role reversal. I got to ask him the questions. Now, uh, a lot of Sharks fans might know him. I mean, he's inside the locker room after the games. He has his own website, San Jose Hockey Now, where he covers everything San Jose Sharks, Barracuda, top to bottom throughout the organization. It's just a phenomenal website. Go check him out. And uh, yeah, feel free to hit the interview up after the break. What's up, everybody? This is Brendan. This is Taylor. And we are Straight Up Sabres, covering the Buffalo Sabres for the Hockey Podcast Network. That's right. You can hear us every Monday and Thursday on Hockey Podcast Network. You can follow us on Twitter at Straight Sabres or follow us on Facebook at Straight Up Sabres. We are very excited to bring you all of the latest coverage of what is surprisingly seeming to be a pretty exciting Sabres season ahead. That's right. The Rasmus Ristolainen breakout season is here. You can only hear it every Monday and Thursday, the Hockey Podcast Network and Buffalo Fanatics, wherever you get your podcasts. Right, and we are now joined by Shang Peng of SanJoseHockeyNow.com. You can follow him on Twitter at Shang underscore Peng. Shang, thanks for joining me on the Stick Hungry podcast today. How's uh, how's it going? Everything's going all right, man. Just uh, out here trying to uh, chase stories when there's no stories to chase. So, like a you know dog chasing its tail right now. <laughs> yeah, we we're seeming to we seem to be running into the same issue on the podcast where the, even the reverse retro jersey news is becoming like. Oh, wow, something we can finally talk about. <laughs> How's the change in weather treating you down the, down there in the Bay Area? Oh, it's pretty good. Uh, where, where are you based? I'm up in Sacramento right now, so I'm in the capital. Oh. So I get a little bit a uh, little bit less rain and wind, but it's still bone cold up here. So hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it did take a turn for the cold recently, but it's not too mm-hmm. bad. It's I'm in San Francisco, so it's the it's norm. I think it was actually warmer down there than it was up here today. So that's always, always <laughs> really? a little crazy. Yeah, I think it was uh, like 32 this morning when I went into wow. work. So it was pretty cold. Um, but yeah, before we get into the Sharks talk, I just want to talk about, just touch a little bit on your journalism career, kind sure. of where you started off and, and why you chose the wonderful sport, you know, hockey that we all love. Mm. Well, uh, when I was uh, seven years old, uh, uh, I heard that the – L.A. Kings had acquired the greatest player in the world. And I was like, whoa, you know, I was a big sports fan when I was a kid. But uh, growing up in L.A., uh, you didn't hear a lot about hockey. But when you hear that some team in Los Angeles has acquired the very best player in the world, that gets your attention. Mm-hmm. So the next time I, uh, I heard anything about that, I saw that they unveiled. Uh, they, of course, they announced a trade to trade for Wayne Gretzky. And then they unveiled those silver, black, and white L.A. Kings jerseys. And so that got me hooked into hockey when I was a kid. And it's sort of been, you know, hasn't left me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we all kind of have the same story where we kind of just get hooked into the sport. But SoCal, L.A., huh? That's a, mm-hmm. a bit different than I guess some people would have expected. Maybe they expect you to be a Bay Area native. Um, <laughs> you know, because since you're covering San Jose and all, uh, don't want to upset a couple of the listeners out there, but I think you'll be okay. Um, so... <laughs> yeah, I probably will upset a few of the, the the listeners. Yeah, I did grow up a Kings fan, so uh, they'll get over it. I'm sure of it. <laughs> so when you were uh, going through the industry of just hockey mm-hmm. journalism, was there anyone that you specifically looked up to in this industry that kind of inspired you to pursue this as a career? Uh, I don't know if there's anyone in particular that inspired me to pursue the career per se, but there are people that. I really enjoyed uh, reading and following when I, you know, I was a fan. And then when I met them in real life, you know, they kind of lived up to kind of, uh, you know, they, they were they were really great to me. And, you know, people including uh, Bob Miller and Jim Fox, you know, the, the Kings announcers for so long. Of course, Jim Fox is still there. Uh, you know, Bob was one of those guys where, you know, he was a, a genuine kind of hero growing up. And when I finally met him, 
Uh, he, he was, you know, they, they say like, don't meet your heroes. And mm. in the case of Bob, he's the case of a guy that meet your heroes, you know, <laughs> and then, you know, kind of discover that, that some of them can be, you know, kind of every bit what you expect them to be. Uh, just one quick uh, Bob Miller story, actually. Uh, I, uh, a couple of years ago, I was writing some things for the LA Kings uh, uh, website, lakings.com, uh, of course, mm-hmm. as some history stuff. And um, I was talking to Bob about some stuff. And anyway, I wanted to, to learn about uh, somebody who had been with the Kings for a long time, a guy named John Wolf. He you know, did a lot of different jobs for the Kings through the 80s and 90s and whatever. Yeah. But anyway, though, at that time, uh, John Wolf was uh, was uh, suffering a terminal cancer. And this was in 2017. And anyway, I was talking to Bob about something. And, you know, I, I, I asked Bob something. And I was like, well, it would this would be a better question to ask John Wolf. But, of course, you know, now is kind of not the time, obviously, with what John was going through to ask yeah. John such a question. And Bob was like, you know, don't worry about it. I, I'll call John. And, you know, if he wants to talk about it, then, you know, he'll tell me something. And if he doesn't, of course, you know. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I was like, wait, Bob Miller wants to do my job for me? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's, you know, to me, it's, it's, it's you know, like accepting the pass from Wayne Gretzky and you're just standing right in front of the net, you know. Yeah, and, it's uh, surreal so for, in a sense. Right. And so for this Hall of Famer to just be like, yeah, I'll, I'll reach out to John. You know, I'll, I'll see if he has any memories or a quote for you. And that's what he did. He got, and then Bob got back to got back to me a couple hours later. And anyway, every interaction I've had with with Bob Miller has been amazing. And I was uh, sorry to see that uh, you know he had to uh, retire a couple years ago. And just to mention a couple more guys, uh, not not to take too long with this question, no, but fine. Uh, Jim Fox. Uh, I learned so much about watching hockey from Jim Fox. I know that Sharks fans may not love him because he's the Kings guy, but uh, you know if you just listen to just uh, how he can explain the game and explain it so well. Uh, I learned so much about uh, watching a game of hockey from Jim. And every time I, I run into him since then, too, you know, it has been amazing. And uh, just a couple more guys. Uh, the LA Kings insiders back in those days, uh, Rich Hammond, John Rosen, and also the LA Times writers, Lisa Dillman, uh, Helene Elliott. You know, those are the a couple of big ones. But those are all people that I read when uh, I was, you know, uh, just a fan. And, um, you know, they set a, a great, you know, model of, of, of what to be, how to cover a team, and also how to, you know, treat people that uh, are, you know, are curious about, you know, what you do and are interested, of course, in, in the team. So. Yeah, no, I mean, it seems like you have a, a star-studded lineup of people to look up to throughout your life, you know, down there in Southern California, mm-hmm. just uh, being able to kind of emulate. And I can see it in your work. I can really draw the parallels when I've been, when I'm reading some of your articles, it it feels like I'm having a conversation with you as opposed to just reading something that's written down. You're actually one of the only like subscription services that I actually pay for to read. Oh, I appreciate I love, that. Thank you. I love Kevin Kurz. I love his work with The Athletic. But I saw that you were making San Jose Hockey Now. I was like, oh, yeah, there's no way. I'm, I'm not passing this up. I know everything's <laughs> going to be. It's going to be daily. It's going to be accurate. And it's just going to be well articulated. And I, I can really tell that you drew your inspiration from those guys. I mean, that's wonderful. Bob Miller and Jim Fox to be able to kind of grow up and, and learn and have those sort of interactions with them. That's, that's honestly pretty great to be honest. Like I'm a little jealous personally, <laughs> but no, oh, you that, have a great wonderful. setup up here too with, you know, Randy and Dan and all those guys too. So, Oh yeah. Yeah. Dan Rosanowski a, he's a phenomenal commentator, like listening to yeah. his play by play over the radio in my opinion, is sometimes better than the, the national broadcast. So sometimes we yeah. just mute the TV and we listen to him on the radio. And it's just, it's phenomenal being able to, if you're just driving on the way home and you're listening to the game, listen to how these guys kind of like paint that picture for you so you can actually see kind of what's going on in the game without actually having to be there. Right, so. right. So going to move into the Sharks a little bit here. Uh, your connection with the Sharks. Now, we've already discovered that you're actually growing up an L.A. Kings fan. So <laughs> you weren't necessarily a Sharks fan growing up. Why? What, what kind of pulled you up to the Bay Area to cover the Sharks as far as like a journalism perspective? Well, uh, I didn't go directly from uh, the Kings to the Sharks either, actually. Um, I, I covered another 
Pacific Division team before I got to San Jose, the Vegas Golden Knights. I covered them during their expansion season. <laughs> I see your, your your face there, your cringe. Yeah. Now, the only team I have left to cover is uh, the Anaheim Ducks, I guess. <laughs> We're not letting you go. <laughs> to, to, to I'm complete sorry. The, 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 hated, the hated triangle, I guess, of uh, L.A., uh, Anaheim, and uh, Vegas. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I covered the uh, uh, Vegas uh, the their first year. Um, you know, kind of a long story short with that, obviously growing up a Kings fan, I wanted to cover the Kings, uh, but that didn't work out. And I wanted to move forward with my career, though. And for me to move forward in my career, I had to be in an NHL arena every night, in, you know, in, in my opinion. Uh, I had to be credentialed somewhere every night. And so if that couldn't happen with the Kings, it had to happen somewhere. And so I made it work with Vegas. So I covered them the entirety of, of their first, you know, incredible, magical, whatever year, you know, year that, you know, nobody could have predicted or, or explained. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was at every one of their playoff games uh, on road to uh, that that season, just the, you know, incredible kind of uh, experience. And I learned very quickly, too, that, uh, you know, speaking of fandom, that I couldn't be a Kings fan anymore. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the first round it. that year, if you if recall, Vegas played uh, the Kings uh, in the first round of that year. And, you know, I was such a Kings fan for the first, you know, uh, you know, 30 years of my life up to by that point or whatever, right? Or mm-hmm. for 30 years. And um, anyway, so, 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 so it seemed kind of weird to be there, you know, covering the Golden Knights against the Kings. But... You know, I learned very quickly that for my job specifically covering a team, what was going to help me? What was going to help me as a journalist if the Kings beat the Golden Knights and the the Golden Knights were done in the first round? Well, of course not. And Mm -hmm. I wanted to to advance as a journalist. And so that sort of very quickly, you know, you know, I was able to overcome maybe out of my selfish interest, like just the the fandom and, and, and that sort of thing. At that point, I was like, well, yeah, like. What are the what are the Kings, you know, exactly doing for me right now? You know, <laughs> you know, Andre Kopitar is my best friend, you know, so so it was a good thing that the Golden Knights, you know, took care of the Kings and the Golden Knights went on in the playoffs. And I was able to be part of, you know, one of the most incredible uh, postseason experiences that I think, you know, any journalist or any hockey journalist can say that they, they were a part of. And so anyway, <laughs> that that kind of weaned me off of being a Kings fan. And so how did I get to San Jose? Um, so uh, there's uh, some 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 work stuff happened, and basically uh, my my wife uh, started working in the Bay Area, and so I thought to myself, well, why don't I go join her over there? And so you know, I've already kind of left the Kings fandom. You know, I was never a you know by the time I started covering the Golden Knights, you know, I understood that you can't really cover a team, at least in my opinion. Uh, you know, you have to be objective, you know, and so it can be a little hard doing that if you're a fan. There's nothing wrong with being a fan, you know. Like uh, sometimes I do kind of miss those days where like I could like I don't know care <laughs> about what I'm watching, kind of, you know. And you know, why I can be a fan, whether it's uh, you know I'm a big Lakers fan, I can still I can still get behind behind them and yell at the TV, you know, when when a ref <laughs> makes what I think is a bad call, or I can still be a fan when I'm watching. Uh, I'm a fantasy football guy, so you know, so. So I can be a fan of that. So I still have have those moments. But when I'm covering hockey, you know, I'm a reporter and I need to be objective. And so once I got to Vegas, uh, it, it was or I learned that in Vegas that, that I could do that. And then uh, after that first year in Vegas, I came to San Jose. And uh, yeah, and that's kind of kind of where, where I'm at. So, you know, never been a fan of the Sharks, but it doesn't matter, though. you know, so I'm, I'm a reporter. Yeah, you it, you kind of give us that, you know, me being a fan myself since I first started watching hockey, yeah. doing this podcast, it's a little bit more difficult for me to think of things objectively. I think I said on the podcast a couple weeks ago, I thought the Sharks were going to get like 48 wins this season, mm-hmm. this upcoming season. And that's not an objective opinion. Yeah. That's just like, <laughs> that's me like, oh, come on, we can do it, right? But um, so go, kind of going back to when you're... Uh, does that count you're... preseason too? Are you, are we, are we going to... Okay, okay, that's just... That, <laughs> yeah, that I'm, just I'm just teasing you. I'm just teasing you. 
<laughs> I feel like I got the flurry sword in the back just there. That one. <laughs> or is that forty-eight Morrow wins because it's going to be a forty-eight game season? So I don't know how they. Oh get yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Th th this is simulating the eighty-two <laughs> games, and yeah, maybe we'll include preseason in that too. <laughs> but when you were watching, when you're covering Vegas, I know uh -huh. this is a San Jose podcast, but when you were covering Vegas, those first couple of home games when LA went against the Golden Knights, did you mm -hmm. kind of find yourself rooting for them a little bit? Because it's just a regular season. You know, it mattered more in the playoffs because the, the further they go in the playoffs, the more work you get to do. So during the regular season, do you kind of see yourself kind of cheering on the inside when LA scored a goal? No, you know, I, I think that, um, you know, I had already been writing about the Kings long enough uh, at that point where I was already starting to take that, you know, because... To, to get into the press box, you know, like a lot of times that, you know, you have to go to the communication staff of the team and they, they need to see that you can cover the team objectively. They don't, mm. that's most communication staffs don't want like, you know, I guess, you know, for lack of a better term, just like flat out fans, you know, in the press mm. box, you know, you know, there's that saying no cheering in the, in the press box, you know, right. Gotcha. Yeah. So uh, that doesn't mean that if you're a fan that you can never get there, there's different ways to get there, you know, but uh, in terms of like strictly, if you are a reporter writing about the team, they, they want, they, they, they don't want that, you know? Yeah. They kind of oh, want to keep he, uh, the personal opinions on the outside. No outside yeah, influences. Cause it's yeah, a job yeah, at the end yeah. of the day. Yeah. Kind of. And so anyway, um, uh, so already with the Kings, I was trying to remove myself uh, from being too much of a fan, even though I still was, but, you know, because I've been, I think, writing about the Kings for three years before I moved to, to Vegas and, you know, uh, writing about them in different capacities, uh, whether it was, you know, watching every game, but also too, I covered the Ontario rain for a year, their AHL team. Um, and also too, like I said, I, I, I did, I did some freelance work for the Kings themselves for a year or two. And so already I was, you know, kind of removing myself from it. And so anyway, by the time I got to Vegas, I don't remember what the first game was, uh, first Vegas Kings game was, uh, whether it was uh, in Vegas or it was at Staples Center. It was a little bit surreal at first because, uh, like I said, like growing up a Kings fan, and it was my dream to cover the Kings, you know, at Staples Center. So it was funny that whenever I got to Staples Center, it was I was covering them, you know, for you know, op the opposing uh, opposite side. Yeah, but. Yeah. Um, so it was a little surreal, but no, it wasn't, it wasn't too, too difficult because uh, like I mentioned with my playoff story, you know, very quickly I realized, you know, if, if, if the Kings like, you know, beat the Golden Knights six to two, right. I'm going to get, you know, what I had to deal with. It doesn't matter that, you know, Dustin Brown scored a hat trick. What I had to deal with is I had to walk into a grumpy locker room and, and try to talk to a grumpy James Neal or talk mm -hmm. to like, uh, you know, uh, Marc-Andre Fleury, who's a sweetheart, you know, a nice guy, but you know, he doesn't really want to talk after, you know, getting, giving up six goals, you know. So yeah. it makes my job, you know, way better, way easier if the Golden Knights beat the Kings. And sure. so it really becomes that that simple in, in the end. You know, I'll get a better story, better quotes, chances are, if the guys are in a good mood. Okay, gotcha. So uh, pretty sure all the listeners are tired of hearing about the Golden Knights now. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to kind of take a quick little... Just a quick little uh, kind of toe dip inside a last sure. uh, last season for the Sharks, if if you could summarize it in just a, a couple of sentences, what do you think went wrong for the Sharks objectively from your point of view? Um, everything. <laughs> Is that a short <laughs> enough summary? But anyway, uh, yeah, let, let's keep it short though, yeah, because it has been rehashed a lot. Um, so uh, they, they never really uh, filled out their forward depth after Pavelski, um, uh, Donskoy, and Nyquist left. But also, too, the guys they had there took a step back, uh, whether that's uh, Joe Thornton, even Timo Meyer, Kevin LeBanc, who they were counting on to take steps forward as younger players. That didn't happen either. Um, so, so, that, so that was problematic. Their forward depth was really, um, yeah, very poor the whole year, and guys didn't take steps forward. And that starts to affect your defense, too. And so not only was the defense not healthy, because obviously, you know, Eric Carlson uh, coming off his groin surgery, and I don't know if he ever looked quite right uh, during the season. And, of course, he got hurt himself. Uh, but anyway, though, the the defense started started getting hurt, too. And also, too, the forwards and defense, you know, they aren't separate units. They're working together. And so if you're Eric Carlson and Brent Burns and you're trying to work, work with a forward group that is, you know, half literally half as good as the group you're you were working with the year before you're gonna have trouble 
you know, because these forwards, these young forwards, these your Tykins, these, I don't know, uh, Noel Gregers, Blickfeld, no, no offense to any of these guys, you know, these guys have talent, but you know, they're, 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 they're green. And so, you know, they're not getting you the puck in the right place in the blue line, et cetera, et cetera, you know, things like that. They're not, they're not forechecking and winning the puck and uh, recovering the puck enough to get the, the puck back to the blue line. So it becomes just this kind of vicious kind of circle where, where, you know, the forwards are not right. That cascades to the defense. And of course, as we know, that cascades to the goaltending. Yeah. I think the sharks actually, uh, I'm not sure the exact stat, but I think the sharks had one of the, the worst high danger percentage chances in front of Martin Jones. So while the, the finger likes to get pointed to goaltending a lot, the Sharks defense seemed to kind of lapse a lot in front of them. Yeah, um, absolutely. absolutely. Kind of putting this season behind us and moving forward. Do you think, <laughs> yeah, because we're all trying to do it, uh, but it seems to be the only thing we can really talk about right now. Do you think that uh, in this off season with Doug Wilson and the draft picks and even the, the trades and the signs that they've done, do you think he did enough to make the team competitive again or is this being viewed as more of a transitional season for the sharks because of the uh excuse me the the entry draft or sorry the expansion draft for seattle mm. well um i think the the bar to make the team competitive again wasn't that high and so i i believe what that doug believes and he and we've heard doug say it many times that you know this the, the bones of a good team are 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 present if you can get Eric Carlson right, if, you know, guys like Couture and Hurdle can stay healthy and come back strong, you know, uh, guys Kane, you know, Meyer, LeBanc, all those guys, you know. And so I think the core of the competitive team is right there. I think the the, the better question is, has Doug Wilson done uh, enough this offseason to, to make this team a contender again? And no, absolutely not. Um, I, I don't I don't I don't see that. You know, I see this team right now as being sort of a fringe playoff team. Now that might be uh, Wilson's kind of intention, you know, that that this year is sort of a transition year. Uh, this is not the year to kind of uh, put it all out there. But um, the, I guess the problem with that, though, is that the the same things that are preventing Wilson from making this team a potentially great team uh, next year. You know, all the all the contracts, basically, right? These are problems mm-hmm. that are still going to be there for the next year or two. And so and so, yeah. So it's kind of a it's kind of a difficult place that the, the sharks are in. So anyway, so anyway, to answer your question, uh, yes, you know, I, I think that, that there have been moves to make the team competitive. I do like the moves. I like, you know, adding Donato. Uh, I, I don't mind the addition of Dubnik. Uh, you know, Nieto uh, is an upgrade over Melker Carlson. You know, these are all small upgrades. You know, maybe the younger players too, that kind of flop last year can come on strong, you know, another year, uh, 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 some more experience. I could definitely see these guys, have you know coming back strong guys like Rager and Blickfeld and Gambrone guys like that you know any any one or two of those guys emerges and that's going to be a huge win uh, for the Sharks um, so competitive yes but you know beyond that uh, beyond being a fringe playoff team I I don't know I'm not sure I don't think so gotcha we kind of had the same consensus on the podcast as well we felt like they're going to be maybe five points shy of maybe making the playoffs but mm, you yeah. mentioned earlier a couple of names that maybe some casual Sharks fans don't really know. Um, so moving forward, since you're so deep into this team and you're in the locker room, it will, when they allow you to be in the locker room, yeah. <laughs> uh, when you're in the locker room and you, you know, these names and these players, are there any specific players that we, the fans should be looking out for that aren't necessarily on people's radar? A couple of guys that may be swept under the rug per se. Uh, well, I think a couple guys to look for next season, uh, guys who played last year, and you know maybe didn't make the the hugest of impressions, but they showed enough talent that a lot of people like them. Uh, Gregor's one of them, speed and shot. Uh, Blickfeld's got a great shot. Um, let's see. Uh, I think uh, uh, pa- guys who haven't played yet, uh, Paznachuk and uh, on defense, and John Leonard. Those are a couple guys. At, John Leonard at forward. Those are a couple guys that may surprise. Though I'm always very cautious about. Uh, you know, giving giving rookies you know a huge responsibilities and or anointing them as sort of the next ones for a team until they actually show it. So I think uh, I I think for me, uh, Gregor and and Blitzfeld stand out at, among the forward prospects. Um, Tim Oleski was actually quite good for the Barracuda last year, all in all. So if he's a guy that takes a step, then then he he can uh, definitely surprise. And I guess one more guy to throw in there is a uh, Jonathan Dahlin in uh, Sweden. Uh, he is. Uh, he, he, 
he's dominating his league, but it's second division Swedish hockey. So let's not get too excited about that. Mm-hmm. But he has clear offensive talent. Um, I think it's not confirmed, but I would expect that once his Swedish season ends, if it does end on time, because who knows with, with COVID, but mm-hmm. uh, that season is supposed to end around April. If Angel season starts in January or February, as people are hoping, then Angel season may be kind of midway, just midway in when a guy like Dolan can become available. And so there are definitely question marks with Dolan and all these guys I mentioned, but Dolan does have off, uh, obvious offensive talent. And so that's a guy that could surprise and contribute in season two. Gotcha. No, I, I, I almost agree 100%. You know, some of the names that Sharks don't exactly know could surprise a few people. And uh-huh. there's some names that they know that could kind of still disappoint moving forward. I think it all is going to happen to do with, uh, you know, the coaching staff and how they embrace the change in the new system. Um, but just as a as a final question, because the Sharks mm-hmm. just recently signed Curtis Gabriel. Yeah. Now, this is a question that I didn't bring up to the guys. This is my personal question. I just shot it to Dylan today, and I want okay. I want to kind of ask you just personally one-to-one. Sure. Curtis Gabriel, I'm assuming, has been brought in kind of as that enforcer role. He's a big mm-hmm. bottom line forward that can really stick up for the guys, and the Sharks kind of lack that once Brendan Dillon left. Do you think... Who, who do you think would win in a fight, Curtis Gabriel now or Kyle McLaren in his prime? <laughs> Kyle McLaren's one of the one of the co-hosts here. With yeah, us yeah, podcast, yeah. No, so. I, I, I remember Kyle from his days in Boston and, of course, San Jose, too. Um, you know, I, I, I got to be honest. I don't really watch fights very closely. I don't want to disappoint you. But, like, um, <laughs> usually when, when, when I'm in a press box and fights happen, and full respect to the guys who, who do it. You know, it's not a disrespect for the guys who are doing it to stand up to their team. I have a lot of respect for those guys, but that's time for me to like watch video and to make cut gifts and to, you know, do, do other things like that. So that's, that's my, that, that's my first pers- personal viewpoint. But I know that, that Kyle was a pretty, pretty tough guy back, back in the day. So um, I, I think that's probably, that's probably going to be a close one because uh, Curtis is, is a, is a tough one too. Um, but I'm gonna give it to Kyle because Kyle is was was a probably a better player though. So I think Kyle would like to hear that. So Kyle was a top four defenseman, right? And so yeah, so so I'm gonna I'm giving I'm gonna give him that. So yeah, so not only were those mitts uh you know, you know, tough, but they're probably were maybe a little softer than Curtis's too. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's perfect. I'm sure Kyle will appreciate that answer. <laughs> uh thanks again so much for joining me. Um you know, it, I think we're coming up on a, just 25 minutes here for this interview, and it was honestly a blast. I've I've personally followed your work for quite a long time. Um, I, I love what you're doing right now with San Jose Hockey now. Um, again, before I let you go, just uh, if you have anything exciting or anything to look forward to for the, the, the viewers or the listeners that want to visit your website at SanJoseHockeyNow.com, is there anything you got kind of brewing up for us? Yeah, actually, yes. Uh, that's what I've been working on all day. Uh, <laughs> um, so I do actually have a free agency update, and it's both uh, unexciting and not exciting. <laughs> so I'll just leave it uh, there. But it is an actual free agency update. I know there haven't been a lot of free agency updates with the Sharks, but it's a legit one. Um, and I also talked to a amateur scout from outside of the San Jose Sharks. Uh, because I'd like to get the outside opinion because the Sharks, you know, understandably so, you know, they, they, they want to paint their guys in a, in a good light. And so, you know, so, so I like to also go outside, you know, obviously talk to the guys with the Sharks too, but I talked to outside amateur scout to get his kind of grade, his view of the San Jose Sharks uh, draft this year. And uh, good news, uh, he liked the Sharks draft and he gave it, a, I think, a B grade. And he got very specific, though, about, you know, all the players and, and that sort of thing. Uh, a lot of insight. Basically, it's a outside organization's viewpoint of the guys that the Sharks drafted. And it's a positive viewpoint. And so, uh, so yeah, so that'll be coming out soon. And also, too, I'll be interviewing um, uh, Chris uh, Creamer of Sports Logos and uh, Todd Random. Uh, uh, he's a designer. Uh, they they wrote a, a book uh, about, I'm not sure the name of the book, oh, Fabric of the Game. And uh, it's about uh, basically the logos and uh, team name histories and jersey histories of all the teams in the league, especially relevant with all this reverse retro uh, uh, talk. And so anyway, I'm going to talk with them soon and talk about their book. And I, and I want to get it out before the reverse retro announcement on Monday. So that, yes, yeah, so I think that that'll be 
exciting to, to talk about too. Yeah, I, I can't wait. I personally, as a subscriber, I can't wait to read all this and get all this wonderful content from you. Uh, for the the listeners at home, uh, SanJoseHockeyNow.com. He has a uh, a plus membership, a subscriber membership of only twenty nine ninety nine a year. It's a smoking hot deal for everyone that's looking for high quality San Jose hockey content at an affordable price. Uh, and you can ch- uh, catch him on Twitter at Shang underscore paying thanks again shang for joining us uh you're always welcome to come back on the podcast if i say anything uh outla- outlandishly homer you know or if you just have a couple of two cents you want to throw in there feel free to contact us you have us on twitter so uh thanks again for joining me you have a great rest of your day okay yeah thank you nick all right boys i'm pumped for this nick will try it yeah and we we got some Vegemite on tap from uh, last week's poll. Nick, are, are you ready for this? Is your body prepared for the Vegemite? No, it's not. It's, I've, it I've took taken a, whiff a couple of it. You weren't liking it. Were so you? You, oh God, no! God, no! Now you got a negative image in your. Oh yeah, no, like it, it reeks. Well, I'm you not guys going to lie. I'm, I'm sitting in a studio here with producer Pigeon, and of course, pigeons will eat anything. They eat trash. <laughs> they, eat, they eat absolute garbage. And I got producer T here, and they're going off how this stuff is amazing. But I'm telling you, Nick, I'm telling you. It ain't good. It's it's disgusting. Yeah, I'm like I said, I've I've smelled it. I had my son smell it. I sent it to you guys. It's I'm not looking forward to it. I have it here. I got a nice little uh I don't know if you guys call it a biscuit or whatever this is. It's like a German biscuit. It's a Leibniz, Leibniz. I don't know how to pronounce that, but it's a Leibniz. butter biscuit. Lebanese. <laughs> I like it. And uh I'm gonna just give this a shot here for you guys. This is terrible. This is um I opened it, obviously. I'm going to go into excruciating detail about this entire experience. So there we go. Get me on the full screen, guys. Thanks. I appreciate it. Uh, There's a tiny little knife mark right here. You could probably see it. Yeah, there's a tiny little knife mark. This is it right here because I smelled it. Oh, fuck. This is (laughs) so bad, man. It's so bad. This is horrendous. Okay. So I was instructed to just take a little bit. This is shit. This is this is absolutely <laughs> terrible. I'm sorry for the children, the under 18 listening to this, but I have to give you my genuine and honest reactions. Vegemite gonna... will not be sponsoring the Stick Hunger podcast. Oh, shit. <laughs> so this is half of the cracker. Oh, God, this just smells. I'm going to I'm gonna apply this on here for you guys. Oh, that's, get... uh... that's devil spread. That's devil spread, boys. Oh, that's God. like you're you're brushing on gross, you're brushing on tar. Like yeah, there's some roadworks outside. You went scooped up some hot ash. This is I'm sure this is what they use to fill the cracks in the roads here in California. Dude, 100. So, there's no doubt that we've seen this and we've smelled this before, but it's just I, foreign. I honestly can't wait for this. I can't wait for this you to is, try it. This, is, this is so bad. This is so bad. What's going oh, on? Th coming in from YouTube says, "Hey guys, how are you doing? Uh, we'll let you know in about three seconds." Ooh, okay, here you guys. go. This is the spread. It's all over my fingers. We need a drum roll for when he's about to eat it, you know? Okay. I'm going to apply it this side down on my tongue so I get the full experience. <laughs> oh, okay. Get real give, me a, give me a countdown, guys. Try. Give me a countdown from three. Three, 30. two, one. And oh, we have liftoff. It. He's into it. He hasn't puked yet, boys. Yeah. He doesn't look. Oh, I'm, I'm he's looking I'm in the middle. I don't know, I don't, I don't know how this is, is going. This is fucking terrible. Yeah, uh, I, what did I say? What did I say? It's not as bad as it smells. Okay, so well, that's a that's a bonus. Okay, oh, that's God. Oh, when you swallow, it's ter- Oh, <laughs> oh, Jesus, clog it up. What you said. Um, <laughs> oh, stop, please. Oh, <laughs> so, I used to work at a feed store. This is way too familiar for me. I used to work at a feed store essentially out here in California. And there's like this, uh, it's like a horse feed. And uh, it would occasionally seep out and it had like some molasses in it. And one day I got some on my glove and I like wiped my face off and it tastes just like this. And it's, oh God, it's fucking terrible. There you go. Vegemite's a more expensive horse feed. (laughs) Oh dear. We should give a rating actually after you try yeah. these out of ten. So you know it's not as bad as it smells. Okay, okay, and that's that's big. I'm not going to eat the rest of this though. So God. if that's the most positive thing you take away from a product, though, I don't, I don't know. I'll don't give know. it a five. Oh, five is I, think like I think that's pretty generous. I would if, give it like if, a. If I was in a zombie apocalypse 
and I like saw an entire shelf full of Vegemite, I would maybe take a jar. Cool. Okay, that's saying something. The, yeah. That's saying yeah. something. But yeah, it's not as bad as it smells. It's really strong, very powerful. It smelled like wetty sock, like wet socks and like <laughs> wetty, socks. wetty socks. Yes. <laughs> no, this is this is going straight in the fucking garbage. That's where this is going. Uh, producer pigeons is going nuts. <laughs> producer pigeons going nuts in the if private chat. Here, to buy, I, I have for sale suddenly. If anyone wants to buy a slightly used can of vegetables, <laughs> DM me on Twitter, please. Oh, oh God! This is the fans did this to me. Okay, my face is getting red. Is, is the taste disgusting. still like? Li- is it it's lingering the, in your yes. mouth? Yes, it's like a, a a bad fart that just doesn't leave the room. It's, it's a linger. I tell you, a bad fart that doesn't leave the room. And put put that in quotes for the review for the Vegemite. <laughs> it's yeah. Is it, if you could eat a bad fart, that's Ugh, it right there. Disgusting. Four. Oh yeah, that's mm, four hundred grams. That's I don't know, boys. Who would? Who would? Tracy okay. Mantleton, I agree, it's terrible. Tracy, That's you big, are one hundred percent correct. Mom. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's right. I tell you, Tracy, you are one hundred percent correct. Guys, I'm in so much pain right now. LMAO. I hope it's laughing. I hope you're experiencing. <laughs> I hope you're you're able to feel the pain that I'm eating right now. This guy's struggling. Like I I can tell Nick's struggling <laughs> to talk. I'm now. trying to keep it together for you guys, but this is just fucking god awful. <laughs> oh, oh right. Shane Van Ice actually with a good point says your wife rated the arrow bar around the same that you rated that, uh, meaning the Vegemite. Yeah, that, well, because the rating was uh, so the rating for the Vegemite is is it edible on a scale from one to ten for me? <laughs> okay. For my wife's, it was is this a top tier chocolate? It's sticking to everything. Oh my <laughs> god, <laughs> this is so bad, honey. Get the Clorox. <laughs> We're gonna bleach the whole room. <laughs> This is this is bad. I'm putting the jar. This scent is just making my stomach churn. Yeah. Oh. I, see, I told you guys you wouldn't like it. Thank I you. Thank you, Stick Hungry Podcast fans. You were pretty for, bored, Nick. You were pretty for, bored. For, for just giving me the opportunity to eat this this right here. Food shouldn't be this color unless it's chocolate. Okay. Yeah. No, I'll agree. I'll agree with that. I don't know. So right, uh let's... that that was a great success. Yeah. Uh Nick loved the Vegemite. Um yeah. <laughs> <so> <laughs> let's talk about next week though. Um I, <laughs> TH, my friend just gave me an atomic wedgie. That's why LMAO. That's a person. Um how old is TH is what I would like to know. I, this is this is unbelievable. <laughs> Comes back with 44. You got some weird friends, but <laughs> <laughs> oh jeez. If you I, I, I any fans have suggestions for uh for Nick, you'll try it next week. Yeah, anything We're you can't years. get in the States or like yeah. or you can get at a world market. Let's, or like on an Amazon. That. If I can buy it yeah, like yeah. on Amazon, I'll buy it and ship it in. Again, so, uh, selling selling this jar of Vegemite, please. I don't know, boys. How, how should we do this? Like for the for the next poll, should we leave the three that didn't win in and just select one new one? Or do you think we should have a whole new four products? I think, I think we should grab the top. The top one, the number one that was selected. So the runner-up. Yeah, the runner-up can go okay. into next week's poll, mainly okay. because I already bought it. But the, <laughs> the, the runner-up can go into next week's poll, and we can. I got a couple of different ideas for you guys. Uh, one of them is chocolate, but it's chocolate with a twist, and another one is Japanese-inspired. It's it looks as bad as brown as this looks. So uh, okay, so what what was the runner-up then? Since you already bought it, so you, I you believe the runner-up was Coffee Crisp. Oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, Canadian so, classic. I saw it when I was buying this, and I was like, fuck, man, this looks way better. So I bought it, and it's sitting on my shelf. And my wife said she wants to try it as well. So, uh, State of Hoppy saying, I got to see ketchup chips. That was on last week's poll. It just didn't quite make the cut. Yeah, yeah. I actually spoke to – I spoke about this segment to um, – I went. I go to a I go to a men's hair salon. Okay, leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> so I, I spoke to my, my barber or my hairdresser about it, and hey, she barber. was like, she loves ketchup chips. She like she absolutely loves ketchup chips as well. I'm telling you. I'm There's telling a lot you. of people. They they were pitching some ideas as well for the segment, and uh, they had never heard of Vegemite, by the way. So wow. Really? Wow, that's... Yeah. They were like, they had no idea what it was, and they Googled what it was. The first two words that described it were salty and powerful. Yeah, that's, that's pretty accurate. That's pretty it's accurate. shitty. Okay, yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> throw that in. Okay, so so I'm gonna write it down here. We got coffee crisp. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are we gonna What are we gonna fill in? What are we gonna fill in? What was the one that you said? The Asian inspired. Yeah, there's a red bean mochi ball that I saw there, as well as a 
a dark chocolate Tabasco. Okay. So we need one more. Is that what we need? Yes. Well, we could we, we'll leave we that one open fans. for the fans. Yeah. yeah oh, let the fans go. chime in. Give us give us a couple options, guys. We we want to hear what you want we'll, me to. Um, we'll be dropping on. the poll on. It'll be midweek. 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 Okay. So, we're so get your get your yeah. uh, ideas in there, guys. Uh, Producer Pigeon, you, you got any Canadian classics that you uh, want to throw in the ring there? Couple of Canadian classic darts. Okay, <laughs> Nick, Nick, you'll uh, you'll be smoking a cigarette in your house um, for live stream. How to get bitch slapped on live stream with Nick Floor? <laughs> uh, but mochi is actually so good. I love it. Yeah, it's stuff. a red bean mochi though. It didn't right, look like right. red bean. Yeah, I don't know how that would taste. It didn't look like because mochi is usually that gelatinous exterior with like ice cream in the middle. Yeah, and true. it said red bean mochi on it. It did not look appealing at all. Well, it was no a very, anyway. it was very brown on the. You never had mochi? Oh man, no idea what you guys are so good. Producer pigeons uh, on the case here. <laughs> All right, I like this segment though. I'm, yep. I'm liking it yep. so far. I think, I think this is fun. This is good. Yeah, I'm sure you guys are loving it. Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> just, just because I don't have to try any of these uh, crappy products like Vegemite. I mean, yeah. some of them are going to be damn good. I'm telling you. Like, if you ever do have ketchup chips, blow like your them. blow your mind. You'll like them. Um, oh, oh, here we go. Producer Pigeon's getting something on the screen. Oh, the mochi. Wow. So good. Let's that. read that right there. Oh, oh no. Oh, okay. It just oh. went away. He, he Producer Pigeon did. Um, but yeah, no, that's, that stuff's really good. Um, all right. Do, I, do we uh, have, do we have any other exciting news, maybe exciting partnerships to announce? Uh, you know what? I think we do because you know what? The hockey podcast network has now partnered with Amaze Media Labs. Boys, this is huge for the network. This is huge for the Stick Hungry podcast. Maze Media Labs is run by Robert Tuckman, Stephen Master, and Brett Sklar. Uh, titans of industry. They really are. So uh, we're taking the next step here. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, yeah, it's, it's super exciting. We're going to do a lot of stuff for the fans moving forward. I'm pumped. I'm Jack, boys. Yeah, the, uh, the, the hockey, the jersey giveaway that uh, we may know who have won that. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, that's the first of multiple things we get to we get to do with you guys. And it's the reason why we've been able to grow this much over the last season is because of you, the fans, the listeners, everyone who tunes in. 100%. You know, everybody that, that contributes one way or another uh, with us on social media, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. We thank uh, all you guys. You know, we wouldn't have been noticed by the guys at Amaze hadn't it, you know, been for you guys. So just a, a big shout out to the fans. Thank you all for, you know, enjoying what we bring to you guys every week. Absolutely. You guys are the reason that we're here and, and we love you all. Um, Best and, fans in the NHL, San Jose Chargers. A hundred percent. And something to produce the pigeons a little salty about that one. Um, about the Jersey giveaway. I mean, like we're the, the network is announcing it tomorrow, but I'll, I'm going to tell you boys, I, I think we're going to win this. It's uh, it's a runaway victory. It really is. We're, up in, we're up in the 90s for the retweets. Everyone else is, you know, hovering around 50. Maybe one hits a 60. Like, we we got a hell of a lead. I think we're taking it. I'm excited. To that uh, Hockey Podcast Network feed tomorrow for the official announcement. And then we get to pick a winner. I mean, yeah. that's going to be awesome. Yeah, we do. Oh, we get to pick? We don't have to randomly draw from the... Well, I mean, yeah, we pick a winner of our fans. Like, we oh, randomly okay. pick one. Unless oh, it's see. like, I unless I, I, I pick one, I'm like, all right, I know this one's a burner account. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah, boys, this was a fun episode. Yeah. Uh, hopefully... Fun for some. Yes. <laughs> Can you still taste it in your mouth? It's right back here. I can't. I've I've drank half a water bottle in three Stuck seconds. Stuck to the I top can't. of your mouth, and it's just uh-huh. just kind of latched on in the back there. Mm-hmm. So it's horrendous. Wash, wash them. To keep, I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> I might have to go brush my teeth after this, but this is. <laughs> you know, I can still cool. smell it. It's just in the air. It's just oh god. That's what I was telling you. Devil's paste. It really is, or devil spread. Sorry. It's like a um, salt lick on steroids. <laughs> Uh, but also big shout out to uh, Shang Peng for appearing on this episode. If you're listening to the podcast yeah. version, uh, I, I really enjoyed listening to that interview. Once again, Nick, you, you killed the interview. You, uh, you're a pro, you're a pro, buddy. You're going to do all the interviews now. Oh Please, yeah. You can take a step back. <laughs> no, no, it, was, liked it. it was honestly an honor. Like I followed him when he was doing his SB nation stuff and getting to hear his story from his point of view and kind of how he grew up in the industry. It was, it was crazy that I didn't even know he grew up a Kings fan and I was just like, Ooh. Yeah. but uh, yeah. Well, and then, awesome though. Like he's just, uh, he's a hockey guy. 
Yeah, like, exactly. He, he's taken on San Jose as his mark of it. This guy's just a general hockey guy to start out with. And man, he it, it, it was a treat listening because I mean, he this guy just goes off. You you could talk to. We could have done an hour long interview uh, with Shang. Yeah. We probably will uh, in in the future at some point. I know he said he's down to come back on the show. Yeah, I, I told him anytime he wants to come on. If I say anything that's extremely outrageous, he can just let me know, and we can bring him on, and he can always correct me. But yeah, he was just a, a connoisseur of the sport. He really loves it for what it is, and just reading his work every day on San Jose Hockey Now and his insight, his connections with the, the scouts and everything, he knows what's going on. He's got people in places, so it, it was great to really interview him. It really was a pleasure. Absolute pro. Uh, we have a comment on Facebook. Gary Gulash says, "Cheers from Edmonton." Look at uh, Peter we, Puck. Look at that we, little guy. You got fans in Edmonton, boys. How, how about that? San Jose Sharks. Fans in Edmonton. And Sharks bet, territory everywhere, guys. I, I bet you they got like four inches of snow outside right now. So <laughs> I, I feel bad for you, Gary. <laughs> All right, uh, you guys, anything else you want to talk about before we uh, wrap up the show? Not really, no. I'm just... Producer Pigeon, what, what, what are you thinking there? He shrugs. You know, I look deep in those eyes. I feel like I can really see something. I feel like there's emotions just going to come out at some point. And then I realize, no, you're just a pigeon. Um, but yeah, that has been a fun one. Let's give a last shout out to our Twitter handles. You can follow myself at DYL underscore THPN. I got a shout out producer pigeon. He's a very aggressive pigeon when we're talking about Twitter handles. You can follow him at producer underscore pigeon. Producer T. You can follow myself at producer underscore TEE. And Nick. You can follow me on Twitter at NickFloor underscore. All right, folks. It's been a fun one. We'll catch you next week.